Hello and welcome to Instant Transmission, a podcast where we discuss everything Dragon Ball and all the complexities and secret meanings surrounding Krillin's taco t-shirt. Tonight on episode three, we'll be breaking down the 2013 Dragon Ball movie release, Battle of Gods. We'll be, we'll be making quite a few comparisons between uh, the movie and the first story arc of Dragon Ball Super God of Destruction. So if you haven't seen it, want a refresher, or just want to hear more Dragon Ball content, be sure to listen to our episodes one and two. And speaking of episodes one and two, somehow I had forgotten to write my introduction in our introduction. So why don't I go ahead and fix that? I'm your host, Dayton, and once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Todd. Hi, I'm Todd, and we're introducing Dayton for the first time after three episodes. Go us! <laughs> oh man, it feels good to be on the show, finally. <laughs> and before we jump into the movie, I think we both felt it was important to briefly discuss a couple quick details surrounding the actual release of the movie. So, if I remember correctly, it was quite a while between the God of Destruction movie and the last time we had seen any Dragon Ball media. Yeah, absolutely. So it had been 17 years after the original run Ooh. of Dragon Ball Z as it ended in 1996 for the Japan run. And uh, we got the Battle of Gods movie coming out in March of 2013 in Japan and I think September of 2013 for American audiences. So quite a big gap there between Dragon Ball Z and Battle of Gods. Yeah, I can only imagine how difficult it is after such a long break to kind of step into a big franchise like that and try and do it justice. Yeah, and I don't know the full details. I'm curious if Toriyama just kind of got uh, some sort of random bits of inspiration, but it was pretty, I was pretty excited to hear that he was going to be involved in this after he was not involved in Dragon Ball GT, which is not one of the shining moments of the franchise i guess <laughs> yeah there's uh there's definitely a lot i could say about gt but that's not what we're here today for that's right <laughs> and i think about the only other thing that uh i wanted to point out about battle of gods is that it was the first canon dragon ball movie to cover original content so we had all of the uh, the 13 Dragon Ball Z movies that came out during the run of Dragon Ball Z, and all of those were just made by Toei Animation. They weren't canon, and they were you know just kind of extra ways to get the fans excited about Dragon Ball, which, I mean, they were fun, but they weren't a part of the story, and some of them are hard to even fit into the actual story. And a lot of them also felt like they were either kind of I guess, filler arcs, or they were kind of showing us, I guess, like some behind the scenes story that usually added more questions if it were to be canon than what, what it would have explained. Yeah, questions are even plot holes half the time, <laughs> so... I was being generous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think, uh, I think for coming back to Dragon Ball after, you know, abandoning it for 17 years and it's about to become a, an, a full-grown adult and you know, they're going to do something with it now after that 17 year break. I think they I think they knocked it out of the park, but I think we should save our, our full discussion of that to the end because I'm I'm really excited to break down this movie. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for this one, too. It's been a long time since I watched it for the first time and I forgot how good it is. So this was my first time watching it and I had actually watched the series before I'd watched the movie 
So I had no idea what I was missing out on. <laughs> oh man, it's it's wild. Yeah, I mean, after watching the the series in this arc and watching the movie, oh boy, it's like night and day. <laughs> so why don't we go ahead and uh, kick off the movie breakdown? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and get started. So I think the the very beginning here starts with kind of a little prelude. Uh, giving us scenes from the original Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. And it kind of walks us through all the way through the Boo saga of Dragon Ball Z in these short little snippets. And we get this updated animation. I was a really big fan of this. What did you think about this, Dayton? The updated animations looked great. I had not seen uh, Dragon Ball Kai, so I just assumed it was from that. But it sounds like these were brand new animations. Yeah, as far as I know, these were made just for this movie. The only other time that I've seen animation like this uh, for these story arcs is in some of the opening scenes for some of the video games. They've re-updated some of the animation for those, but I've never seen these shots before, so I think it's just for the movie. I mean, it looks gorgeous, and it makes me just want more. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see both Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z done in that full updated animation. That'd be sweet. I mean, it really is kind of a blast from the past when they're going through all all the different villains that Goku had fought or the Z fighters had fought, whether it was King Piccolo or uh, the Cell games or Boo. Just the fact that it went all the way from Dragon Ball all the way up to, I guess, where the story is now taking place and just kind of recapped everything very quickly. But it did it very well. And it was definitely a, a trip through history. Yeah, absolutely. It's really well done. I think, like you said, it's only about two minutes just recapping everything, but kind of getting everybody up to date after that 17-year hiatus. Uh, And then from there, it looks like it throws us into the Kais. We get the Elder Kai and the Supreme Kai just talking about... uh, about the God of Destruction waking up, and it kind of jumps us right into the story as we get these little bits of pieces or hints about what we're going to be seeing going forward. And it happens, what what the series took, I think, a few episodes to do. This did in, gosh, like five minutes. They yeah. show the Kais, they show, you know, they talk about this presence that they feel waking up and how it, you know, makes them nervous. And then it flips right from them talking to King Kai's planet where Goku is already there training. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's a good point. And something that I kind of wanted to talk about briefly is that we kind of miss out a little bit on any sort of downtime between the, I guess, between like the Boo saga and the God of Destruction arc while going through the movie. I'm not sure that that's a bad thing, though. Like the pacing in this movie feels fantastic. What do you think? It really does. I... Like I said, I saw the series before I saw the movie, and I did appreciate a couple of the things that the the series tried to do. It, it tried to show what the characters were doing during the downtime and right. I guess gave them a little bit more of that kind of human element when you actually see them when they're not in combat or training. You're, you're watching them do normal things. Well, that's nice, but at the same time, when, when you're trying to get all this across in an hour and a half, I think when you pick up right away and it's, Goku's training we've got King Kai and there's a bad guy and it's like all right well there's the hook we're five minutes into the movie and I can't wait to see where this goes yeah yeah absolutely and I I think I feel the same as you do about that I there's a part of me that 
likes those downtime elements uh, because it does humanize our characters and show us a little bit more about them. But at the same time, man, watching this movie, I do not miss those moments. Like (laughs) this pacing is so good. And it just really, like you said, it it draws me in right away and it makes me want to know more. I think I think I would have appreciated downtime elements in the series if they had just touched on it and then moved mm-hmm. on. But it felt like we were revisiting it. And especially when things are starting to heat up, then we'll flip over to something comical happening or or just what feels like filler. We're in the middle when we're in the middle of trying to find out what's going on. And I don't think the series did it well. I do like seeing what the characters are doing in their downtime. And I miss it a little bit. But at the same time, I think the movie did exactly what the movie needed to do, which was keep the pacing, keep you interested and keep things exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I think moving on from there, we get a little bit of interaction between Goku and King Kai as King Kai's talking to the Elder Kai and Supreme Kai about Lord Beerus and Goku's trying to figure out who's Lord Beerus, what's going on. And, uh, Eventually, Goku gets it out of King Kai. And Eventually. Then, uh, it took him about three seconds. I wouldn't tell that guy <laughs> anything that I wanted to keep a secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, we get Goku putting on his traditional fighting gi and uh, just talking about fighting Beerus. And then that's kind of where we jump into... We get the title card and we jump into uh, our first shot of Lord Beerus and Weiss. Uh, that's right. Let me go ahead and find where I got it in my notes. Do we go to their planet to meet them, I believe? Yes. Yeah, so it. I think the very first shot, it's Beerus is sleeping and uh, Weiss is trying to wake him up. I guess Beerus had set an alarm for this specific date to be woken up uh, and we get we singing we get Beerus not wanting to get up out of his bed that's right it's a ver- it's quite a comical scene and I guess this is the villain but at the same time the villain is acting very comically cat-like and Weiss is kind of I guess annoyed and trying to annoy uh, Beerus to try and get him out of bed yeah it's pretty fun these two have a fun dynamic together and for those who saw this when it first came out in 2013, this was everyone's first exposure to Beerus and Weiss. And this scene comes in about 10 minutes into the movie. And I mean, that's quick. We're being introduced to the the main antagonist here very quickly in the movie. And I like that. Again, pacing for this movie is really well done. And look at the difference between the movie and the series with the introduction of these characters. Very different, almost polar opposites. Yeah, I think in the in the show, they already are on a planet and they're eating food and Beerus destroys the planet because he wasn't satisfied with the food. Is that right? Yeah, there's uh, a lord of a planet and the best chefs that the uh, the planet has to offer and they're trembling before him and almost begging for their lives with each entree. And Beerus is pretty ruthless. He doesn't really like one of the dishes, so... His compromise is that he's only going to blow up half the planet. Yeah, yeah, right. Which, to be fair, I actually liked that introduction for Beerus too because it does show that Beerus is powerful, that Beerus is ruthless, that his waking up is a problem for the universe potentially. Um, 
and we get, like you said, a very different scene here. We get Beerus waking up. Uh, this this kind of bypasses anything to do with him destroying other planets and whatnot. Uh, I will but- say I was kind of like taken. I was definitely taken off guard with the way that they introduced Beerus. I kind of like the way the series did it, I think, a little bit more. Because if he's going to be the main villain, I think the first thing you show me is that this guy means business. And I, I kind of like that in the series a little bit more than the cat rolling out of bed. Yeah, yeah. It, I would say in general, and I think we're going to get into it, <laughs> I think in general, both of us like the movie much better than what they did with the series. But I think I agree with you here that there's something about the series showing that Beerus is powerful and dangerous and whatnot, and that he has a you know a short temper and low tolerance. All of that is done really well in that one scene in that in the show, and we don't get that in the movie, uh, which is a little bit disappointing, I will say. It's a little bit. I don't. It doesn't ruin the movie at all for me. But it, no. it's just it's just a preference. It's I prefer the way the series introduced Beerus. I thought it was it made me more interested in that character versus the I'm not very interested in the character that rolls out of bed and doesn't want to take a bath. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. And I still like the the playful banter that we get between Beerus and Whis. And I do also like, much like the series does, the movie immediately is trying to characterize Beerus as a cat with cat-like characteristics <laughs> of wanting to sleep all day, not wanting to wake up, and you know, just barely annoyedly rolling out of bed as Whis tries to wake him up and whatnot. I did have a small giggle at that. It's It does make me laugh. Yeah. So moving on from there, uh, Weiss eventually gets Beerus out of bed. They throw together this large smorgasbord of food and Beerus and Weiss start talking about Frieza and Weiss reveals that uh, Goku Goku defeated Frieza. Uh, and then they get on the topic of Super Saiyan, which jogs Beerus's memory about some dream that he had about a Super Saiyan god. And we find out that that's where uh, the that's why Beerus is waking up at this moment because the Oracle Fish gave him a premonition about a Super Saiyan God at this period of time. Yep, and we're ten or fifteen minutes into the movie now, and we have we have all of our main characters pretty much introduced. We know who the villain is, and we already have the reason why the villain is going to meet Goku. Everything's put together pretty quick. We we know where things are headed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the movie tied all of this information together much more neatly than the show did, especially with the Oracle Fish predicting the Super Saiyan God yes. and Beerus waking up as a result of it. And speaking of some of the similarities, they reuse some of the exact same jokes in the series as they did in the movie. And I have a couple notes about that. It actually made me laugh hearing the same joke uh, a couple times. Yeah, yeah, I think there's uh, the same joke about how long does it take to get to Earth, about the length of one anime episode. Exactly, yep, I have it written down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I, I like that. I like that it's pretty self-aware. That's a pretty fun joke. So we have that joke. We have the Beerus destroy the dinos in that one. I appreciate that. Yep, yep. I and... wanted to make a comment about that one later, too. There's a scene <laughs> that that kind of ties into later. Perfect. Uh, I think... From there, though, we go to, I think it flips over to Balma's birthday party, if I'm looking at my notes correctly. Yes. Yep. We jump over to Balma's birthday party, and it shows Balma being angry because Vegeta and Goku are not present. 
which she shouldn't be shocked. <laughs> I mean, it seems like nobody else is surprised, so. <laughs> yeah, but Bulma isn't on some extravagant ship. She's just kind of on a beach having a pretty rad birthday bash. Yeah, and that's a, a good comparison here. And I think we'll probably talk more about that as we go through. But the the scenery here, or the the background that we get for the birthday party is much different than what we got in the show with the what was it the ss princess balma or something something like that yeah the princess balma yeah <laughs> <laughs> which it's it's fine balma can buy whatever balma wants yeah and we get a, a quick little scene with uh hercule and dr briefs which is kind of fun oh yeah i don't have it written down but <laughs> yeah just some some little gag of dr briefs being important and hercule you know treating him like a servant at first and then completely doing a 180 uh, but then i think we we only get a brief scene there and it quickly jumps back over to king kai's planet where we simbiris show up Yes, they show up very quickly. And one thing I want to make a quick note of is that I I don't know if they mentioned it in the series, but in the movie, apparently King Kai's planet is very small because years ago, um, he lost a spirited game of hide and seek and I believe either blew up or reduced the size of the planet to the size. Of, no, he blew up the planet and King Kai made it and it was a small planet or remade it. Right, yeah. I think Weiss makes a comment that Beerus blew up the planet and then King Kai had it remade, but had it remade smaller. Uh, we don't really we don't really know why King Kai made it smaller. There was a part of me that was like, I wonder if he made it smaller so that it's, you know, less on Beerus's radar or something. <laughs> but I mean, I, I could know. definitely see it. Yeah, it's just a funny little detail. Spirited game of hide and seek. I love it. And that also speaks to the nature of Beerus. Yeah, yeah. Not only Beerus, but it's also very much uh, just very traditional Dragon Ball humor. <laughs> uh, and I think at that point we get uh, Beerus wants to talk to Goku as Goku's trying to hide in King Kai's house. And uh, Goku comes out and we get a little slapstick of King Kai chiding Goku for not knowing how to do a proper introduction. Goku um, being formal is one of my favorite things in this movie. I love how awkward that Woods man is. Oh man, it's so funny. They've got him <laughs> calling Beerus a dude and like just all this goofy stuff. Uh, <laughs> they they do a good job of making it. Sean Schemmel with his dub on Goku makes it feel very just awkward and stilted language. It's very fun. It's very good. I... I would highly suggest just re-listening to it if you haven't heard in a while. It's it's very well done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think eventually Beerus basically finds out that neither King Kai nor Goku knows anything about the Super Saiyan God. And Goku, before Beerus leaves to go to Earth to talk to Vegeta, Goku challenges Beerus to a duel. Uh, yes, and it's a pretty explosive short duel yeah now this one this is one of the moments i really wanted to compare to the anime because this is absolutely night and day between the fight in the movie versus the fight in the anime what did you think about that i love this fight if if goku would just go to full power every time he's fighting the big baddie it would just save me so much time <laughs> 
Like I'm going to skip every episode up until you hit three or blue or <laughs> God or whatever form you have. That's your max. Just because after watching this, it is so much better. It's like, all right, we know he's the big baddie. Goku hit your full power and just, just test him. See it now. I want to see if you can win. That's fair. I can see that. I, <laughs> I mean, just growing up with this stuff, there is something about me that loves the fact that Goku and Vegeta, particularly Goku, almost never goes full out and is always like testing his opponent as he goes. But yeah, we don't get that here because Beerus basically demands that Goku goes full power. So we get a full Super Saiyan 3 Goku against Beerus. And I totally forgot that the animation for this fight in the movie is fantastic. Uh, it's a every... little bit better than the series, just a, <laughs> just a hair better. It's almost like they had a little <laughs> bit more time to work on this part. <laughs> <laughs> I would say so. It does look fantastic. And after watching this fight, they do a great job of showing just all the collateral damage of Goku trying to hit Beerus with everything. And it's putting giant craters in the ground. He blows a hole through the freaking planet and Beerus is just dancing around like it's nothing. And it's it's a pretty quick sequence, but it's a very, very action-packed exciting sequence there's no time wasted absolutely yeah i agree and for this one i mean the animation for beerus it feels very on model the whole time for goku he feels very on model we don't get any weird goku faces or hair or anything in this one and and the the action like the 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 punches all of the impacts feel great they look great and we even get like these little moments of Goku coming across as like cocky and arrogant. And we even see Goku getting angry when he feels like he's being toyed with by Beerus. Yeah. It's one of the few times that Goku actually gets angry. And you can imagine somebody who's saved the universe a couple times at this point, just having someone show up and just toy with him like that. It's probably, it probably is insulting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for somebody who's beaten, I mean, he's beaten Frieza, who was supposed to be one of the strongest forces in the universe. And then he's beaten Majin Buu, who was, you know, arguably the other strongest force in the universe. Even he, the Kais were fearful of Buu. Yeah, absolutely. And Goku didn't know anything about this Lord Beerus. So, but, but they I do, think they do a ahead. great job, a great and exciting job of getting across Beerus is here and he means business. And it's, it's, Probably one of my favorite, I guess, short fight sequences in Dragon Ball memory. Just if you take any yeah. three-minute fight scene and compare it to this, it, this one's going to be up there. Yeah, absolutely. And this one probably doesn't even last that. It's pretty short. It is really short. But uh, we basically get Goku knocked out just like we did in the series. Uh, King Kai's kind of, you know, telling him he's a dummy and... <laughs> King Kai ends up contacting Vegeta in the next scene, trying to warn Vegeta that Lord Beerus is coming and to not do anything stupid, basically. And Vegeta is in full panic mode. Yeah, yeah. Vegeta, basically, I think he says something about he recognizes the name, but he doesn't quite remember who Lord Beerus is. And then we get uh, a shot of Vegeta making his way out to Balma's party. Uh, Balma showing up and, and kind of harassing him a little bit. And then Vegeta getting angry, Balma getting angry. And finally, we get Beerus and Whis who show up to the party and they 
basically introduce themselves to Vegeta. And then we get the little flashback where Vegeta recognizes Beerus. Finally remembers who, who he is. Exactly. And I think we more or less get the same scene that we got from the anime where Beerus is just treating King Vegeta as a doormat and uh, Prince Vegeta kind of watching on the side. So deep down in in Vegeta, there's this deep resentment and fear of this this character. And it finally all makes sense once he actually gets that memory back. Yeah, absolutely. I think that memory is one of the only saving graces for Vegeta's actions in the next few uh, sequences here. Uh, we get a brief scene with drunk Balma, which I think is absolutely hilarious. I laughed at that. I, I I can't remember the last time I saw a character drunk in Dragon Ball. So seeing one in recent years, I guess, like it, it definitely had me laughing. I was like, oh, they actually have drunk people in the show. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty pleased with that. And the voice actress for Balma does a phenomenal job in the English dub for that, too. <laughs> I had fun with it. And I... My 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 next note. So there might be something that I missed, but it just says Pilaf. God damn it! <laughs> I mean, that's probably pretty appropriate. So I think prior to that, we just get a few scenes of Beerus joining the party, basically uh, Vegeta trying not to or trying to make sure that Beerus doesn't get angry, and then it cuts over to the Pilaf gang, Ooh, well, everyone's favorite. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But they are inside of Balma's house looking for the Dragon Balls. And I have to say, well, we'll go through it here, but I liked their involvement in the movie better than I liked it in the show. Uh, The show just felt drawn out and felt misplaced every time. Here, even though it still wasn't my favorite, there are little nods to old parts of the show, like when they see Goten and they think that Goten is Goku. I loved that. I thought that was great. <laughs> that was kind of funny. I, like I said, I, I think I just saw the peel off gang and just kind of shut down for a couple minutes. So <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure some great peel off action happened there. Um, all of it was my favorite. I mean, you know how much we like peel off. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we basically get some interaction with, trunks and my which of course like the show is trying to set up their relationship in future arcs <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> still and... weird it's still weird man <laughs> <laughs> i think what makes it even weirder is there is a moment in here where uh trunks pretends that my is his girlfriend and then introduces my to balma and Balma asks Mai how old she is, and she says 31. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> sitting at the table, and everyone just stops talking. <laughs> like There was a part of me that was like, that's funny, and also a part of me that's like, man, that makes it extra weird. Yeah, yeah, this 31-year-old is holding hands with a little kid, I guess. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> but more or less, they're trying to get the Dragon Balls. Um, they, there is a scene where they they recognize Balma and they show like a scene from the original Dragon Ball reanimated too, which I liked. Um, but yeah, beyond that, we basically get past that and it goes back to uh, the party where Beerus is basically mingling. I guess, gosh, there's a lot of Pilaf stuff in here, isn't there? <laughs> uh, okay, I think we're... 
There's one thing that happens, I think, amidst all the partying that's of note, and it's a quick flip over to Goku, I believe, laying on King Kai's planet. Yeah, I think he gets a sensu bean from Bubbles, or Bubbles pulls a sensu bean out of his pants or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, he grabs that magical bean out of his pants and then feeds it to <laughs> feeds it to Goku. And Goku realizes that typical training won't be enough for him to compete with Beerus or become a Super Saiyan God. He kind of realizes he's kind of in a no-win situation right now, and he's not sure how to get out of it. Yeah, one thing I wanted to bring up about that too, actually, was that Goku makes a comment that he doesn't even think fusing with Vegeta will be enough to beat Beerus, which is crazy because, I mean, just seeing Super Vegito in the Boo Saga, Super Vegito's insanely strong. Yes, um, well, it's two of the most powerful beings in, in the galaxy or universe, or as far as I know, as far as we've seen. So combining that, that that should be an unstoppable force. Yeah, yeah, you would think so. But yeah, Goku does not believe it's going to be enough to stop Beerus. Um, but I think eventually we get through all the shenanigans with the Pilaf gang, and that takes us to Beerus looking for some pudding. Uh, and... I, I do believe we need to discuss one Pilaf thing before we move too far forward. Oh, yeah. Did you have a note on that? I do. It's, <clears throat> holy shit, my puts a gun to Trunks' head. Beerus says, that human child is threatening to kill another human child, and everyone laughs. I must discipline them all. Then Videl gets shot. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, <laughs> people are just getting drunk and shooting guns, and Bulma called their skit adorable after Videl gets shot. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that uh, the Z fighters have a very good concept of what normal is or <laughs> what should normally be considered adorable. <laughs> and right around that time, actually, it was when Dende was healing Videl's gun wound. He's like, oh, you're pregnant. It's like, oh, yeah, just shoot the pregnant girl, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. I I did actually like too that they they kind of found a way to allude to or I guess really show the audience rather than showing the rest of the cast that Videl was pregnant um by Dende healing her. I assume that that's what that whole scene was basically about for the most part. That is the most convoluted way to show that somebody is pregnant. <laughs> The only way I can think of is we have to shoot her and then have Dende heal her, and then he notices. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a little bit weird, but... She, she could have slipped and, you know, scratched her elbow, and Dende could have been like, oh, let me heal that for you real quick. I think there's a <laughs> much easier way to get from point A to point B, but I have notes. It got me to write about the Pilaf gang, so I'll give them credit. I mean, they were just hoping that one day... This podcast would talk about the Pilaf gang. <laughs> all right, that's it. Th those are all my Pilaf notes. I'm done with them. <laughs> all right, so we basically get Beerus and Weiss going to find some pudding. They go over and find out that Majin Buu has all of the pudding, and Majin Buu refuses to give it up, licks all the pudding cups, and then eats all of them. And this is what pisses off Beerus. And yeah, fighting erupts very quickly after that as Beerus sor sort of loses his temper at this. 
And with how much we know about Beerus now, he actually was kind of holding his cool for a long time. So <laughs> I guess give him credit for that. Yeah, yeah, surprisingly. Uh, this this scene, I really like this scene, especially, again, when compared to the anime, because it has some really cool choreography in this scene. I did really like this scene. And once again, this is a very quick fight sequence, especially compared to the series. I believe in the series, the, the fight between Beerus and all the Z fighters was a at least a whole episode with maybe a little bit of spillover. So over over a half hour for yeah. them to to what the movie did in probably, I don't know, a couple of minutes. And it was very well done. Yeah, I will 100% take the movie's couple of minutes over the anime's 30 minutes because we get some really cool shots of Beerus just beating the snot out of Boo, uh, easily handling 18 and Piccolo. My favorite, though, is him handling both, I guess, Tien and Piccolo, where Beerus picks up the chopsticks and <laughs> yes. clutches onto Tien's fist as Tien tries to punch him, easily dispatches him, and then blocks one of Piccolo's kicks and hits these pressure points in Piccolo that just knock him out. Uh, <laughs> it was just, it was fun. It was creative. I really enjoyed that. Well, after he knocked all of them out, it's time for Gotenks, right? Yeah. Yeah, we get uh, we get Gotenks showing up. He gets spanked like a child. Uh, I thought that was handled uh, much more concisely here. They did something similar in the anime, but it, I don't know, just the pacing wasn't as good. The, the slap on the wrist thing, I laughed at a little bit, but spanking them like a little baby, just like, it, it really tickled me. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was fun. Uh, we finally get Vegeta stepping up, and one of the things that I really like about Vegeta stepping up, too, is he, I think out of all of the Z fighters, is the only one who lasts against Beerus for more than a second, really. Uh, Vegeta ends up dodging a few of Beerus's hits and then takes a few hits without getting, you know, knocked down or knocked away. It seems like Vegeta's putting up a better fight than even Goku did. Yeah, yeah, which I, I like that a lot. I You kind of get the idea, or at least the way I rationalize that in my head is that Vegeta kind of watched Beerus fight for a little while and then was able to at least fight against his style a little bit. Well, I suppose he also got the power up from watching his his Balma get slapped to the ground. Yeah, and that's the next scene is he basically charges up and <laughs> he completely no-sells the first punch to the face that Beerus uh, gives him. And this scene, again, is just much better than it was done in the anime. The animation I... is better. I feel like this, I could really feel the weight behind that first punch when Vegeta loses it and just starts, I guess, throwing everything he has at Beerus. That first punch, it just, you feel it. Yeah, absolutely. It feels very weighty. It's uh, it's impressive. Um, but as we know from the anime, too, uh, it does not last. Um, Vegeta basically loses that fight, and then we get, I think, the scene with Oolong being chosen for rock, paper, scissors. I will say, quick note, uh, after Vegeta gets knocked out as he's falling, Balma screams, Vegeta, no, and all I can think in my head is, Vegeta, yes, from <laughs> Abridged. 
Ah, that's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, there is a rock, paper, scissors match that's going to be happening with Oolong and the God of Destruction. Yeah, and again with the pacing, this was paced much better than it was in the anime, I think. Uh, I think you had a problem with the how the rock, paper, scissors was handled in the anime, didn't you? I think it just, one, it just kind of felt a little silly, but I don't think I had a huge problem with it. It was, it's kind of a Dragon Ball thing to do, but at the same time, it's, I'm trying to take the God of Destruction somewhat seriously, and it's kind of goofy and thrown in there, and it's also really drawn out. Right, yeah. I I think uh, previously you had mentioned that Beerus should be able to just, you know, see how quickly Oolong <laughs> is throwing his rock, paper, scissors. But in the movie, they cover Yamcha basically telling Oolong how to win. And then Beerus says that he was able to hear their plan. So Beerus just beats Oolong right off the bat. Oh, yeah. It's only one throw and then the game's over and Earth is condemned. Yeah, it's quick and easy. Um, <laughs> and then after that, we get Goku showing up, just like he does in the anime, to ask Beerus for a little bit more time. I think they pull together the Dragon Balls, summon Shenron, and once again ask about the Super Saiyan God. Yes, and all we get is a Shenron who is aware of Beerus's existence, but is he's not quite as, I guess, nervous as he is in the series, which I like better. You can definitely tell he tips the cap towards uh Beerus, but he doesn't he doesn't kind of cower and want to run away like he does in the series, which I liked better. I agree with you. I I was gonna make a comment about that too because he Shenron seems a touch nervous, maybe, but not really. Like he he seemed outright scared in the anime. He really did. Kind of not my bag either. I know that wasn't <laughs> really your thing. But yeah, we get the info from Shenron that you just got to hold hands with your Saiyan bros to create a Super Saiyan God. And once again, the Z crew is bad at math. And I believe <laughs> Weiss has to point out that they need a, another Saiyan. And we get the... Uh, Videl is pregnant loophole again. <laughs> yeah. And for me, I mean, we've talked about it throughout, but for me, the visuals and this, I guess this almost like the cinematography, so to speak in the movie, it, it makes the, the rituals seem so much better. Um, the, the, you can tell the transformation scene has just a lot of budget and more attention to detail on this go around absolutely we get some really cool lighting effects we get some really cool auras uh there's a shot of i'm trying to remember the original super saiyan god's name i think it's yamoshi um and we get goku transforming with like these blue lights just kind of rippling off of his body as it kind of reveals the super saiyan god form it looks great i I'm super impressed with that part. It's a much more enjoyable transformation sequence. I like this. This is hands down just better than the series, I think, anyway. Yeah, 100%. I don't think anybody would argue with you about that. And And I think not long after the transformation, uh, Beerus and Goku start trading blows. Yeah, so... It is funny. It takes a while to get to the main fight in this movie, although we have little snippets of fights leading up to it, which is nice. But man, when we get into this main fight, 
It is awesome. Well, what is it? They're... I believe one of your criticisms of the series is that the backdrop was kind of boring. It was just kind of over water and in clouds and there was no terrain or anything to really play off of. Even the background was just kind of a blue sky and not really anything of no. This did the polar opposite. They're flying from one area to another. There's like a sequence where they're in the woods and then they're in a city and then they're, they're just going to all these places and it's just, it just keeps going. There's no break. They keep fighting in all these places. I'm like, all right. Yeah, I get you've seen the, I get why you criticize the series for that because the movie just gave you everything. Yeah. And I, even though it had probably been when we did our review of the, the series, it had probably been five or more years since I had actually watched the battle of the gods movie. But I think there was something in the back of my head that just remembered some of the really cool scenery that they did for this fight scene. And the anime just dropped the ball on that. It was like, you're just in these bland open sky water area and you're in this bland space area. And that was pretty much it. And it was really cool because we got to go through kind of a, a big, you know, kind of capsule corp city sort of thing. And, and that's kind of a flashback and a cool place to be. And then we go into the forest and it's like, Oh, well we've been in the forest before. I remember these woods. Okay, cool. And then we're in the, the Rocky Barrens that like Goku fought Vegeta the first time on earth and just all these different places that we've been before. And we kind of go through there real quick and we kind of get that quick little, Hey, remember being here? And I, I really like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, especially with us having the long, the long time period between dragon ball Z and this movie. It, it, like you said, it's kind of taking us back through our journey of dragon ball Z and some of these different sceneries. Uh, and I think, the, the shots of them like flying through, I believe it's West city where capsule corp is. It looks awesome. I mean, they, they avoid a lot of the buildings and causing destruction there. You get a few, a few quick shots of people being like, what's going on in the city. People who are like, Hey, you know, what are the crazy people over at capsule corp doing now? Uh, And it's, it's just so much fun. It is a lot of fun. And it's just, as we're going through all these different environments, the battle, you can kind of feel it. it's like ramping up as we're going along. It's getting more and more exciting. The punches are hitting harder. Beerus is getting a little bit more serious as things are going on. And I want to talk about the underground area because that is my favorite fight scene in this movie and our favorite part of this fight. God, there's so much fighting going on in this one fight scene, <laughs> but I love the underground part. It is my absolute favorite. The backdrop is fantastic. I love the little bit of water on the ground. There's some brief dialogue back and forth, and then you get to see Beerus kind of unleash and start firing blasts in every direction. And then at one point, Goku releases, and it just the whole sequence is so good. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, this sequence is one of my favorites. I actually do have a few notes in here about some of the dialogue uh, because we, I think right before they go underground, we get some dialogue about how Goku is displeased with Super Saiyan God because it's a power he can't uh, obtain on his own. And I think they cover that in the movie much better than they did in the show. In the show, he was mostly excited initially that he got that power. And I I like that Goku isn't excited because Goku likes to work and earn the power that he's got. And that's basically what he's done throughout the entire series. Um, and so I like that part. There's also a part where 
Beerus makes a comment about how it's rare to see a Saiyan consumed with pride. <laughs> like, you're, I, you're. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe it is a joke, and hopefully it is a joke because that's such a weird <laughs> comment to make. Um, considering just about every Saiyan that we've seen from directly from planet Vegeta was very proud. Uh, and Vegeta himself is like the epitome of pride. So, I mean, how many times have we heard, you know, I'm a Saiyan, we are a warrior race. We get it. We know. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of his mantra. But uh, <laughs> uh, but there is another another exchange there that I really liked where we we kind of skipped over the part where Vegeta is being silly to try to appease Beerus when Beerus gets angry. Um, we talked about that a lot in the anime, but Beerus and Goku talk about that. Talk about uh, Vegeta being proud. And Goku says that he respects Vegeta for swallowing his pride and making a fool of himself to save the earth because he knew what the stakes were. And I love that line. That actually, <laughs> I don't like Vegeta being ridiculous, but that line makes it okay for me. <laughs> I think I agree with you there. Also, the the movie doesn't draw it out as long, or I don't think they even get as silly as the series was. And no, so it's it's a lot easier to swallow, and I think that line kind of snaps it into perspective, and it makes you kind of okay with it. You're like, all right, I get it now. Vegeta has a family and uh, kids, and gosh forbid, friends. So he's got a lot <laughs> of stuff he actually cares about, and I could see Vegeta looking at all that and going, what's what's more important, all this or my pride, especially after being on Earth as long as he has been. I'm sure that Earth effect has rubbed off on him at some point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think from there, let's talk about that scene underground a little bit that you were talking about, because it looks great. Um, they In that scene, Goku loses his Super Saiyan God transformation and is fighting in his base form. And eventually Beerus kind of destroys the earth around them, kind of trapping Goku. And we get the awesome scene of just Sean Schemmel doing a phenomenal job uh, saying, I will not let you destroy my world. And just his typical scream in there. Oh, man, the music hits. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I even have a note that says, in comes the electric guitar, time for the climax. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really good. It was animated super well, too. I loved watching Goku just push his way through the earth and just fly out of that underground, I guess, area. It was so good. It's beautiful. Seeing him go regular Super Saiyan to get out of there and seeing Beerus follow him. There's actually a shot of Beerus following him, and he's just got like this grin on his face that makes him look not only evil but just playful and i love it it's such he's a good enjoying job. this he's enjoying this and you know he is that's exactly the emotion he should have absolutely and they <laughs> animated super well i love it um and we we get to see them fighting a little bit more and see the z fighters kind of responding to the fact that goku's not in his super saiyan god form anymore um but at the moment, he's still hanging in there with Beerus, so... Yeah, he's hanging in there, and it doesn't really seem like he's really lost any of his his power, even though his hair's changed back to normal, or normal Super Saiyan. And he's keeping up with Beerus, and I believe at this point, uh, Beerus charges up some sort of Super Kai Orb thing, uh, and 
what is it? He fires it at Goku, right? Yeah, I think right before that, though, we do get the one Kamehameha from this movie, which was pretty awesome in itself, too. You sure you don't want to do four of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's... Each one gets more exciting. <laughs> oh, God. And that's why I wanted to bring that up before we got to the, the destruction ball is because the movie takes the Kamehameha and makes it special. It animates it well. It does this really cool instant transmission move with it. And it looks great. It feels great. All of it's great. The anime just uh, milked the Kamehameha and none of them really looked good. Uh, I was really bummed about that, but the movie did it great. Um, the, and then the we get did it perfectly. The, the, the series actually had a couple of ones where they actually, you know, they had like the cutting, repeating shots to show how awesome this Kamehameha was. But, <laughs> you know, after the third one, you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. It's not going to work again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it doesn't work here. And, and I mean, it's like <laughs> after we see it in the anime a handful of times, it's like, okay, yeah, we know it's not going to work. I mean, it's got in the movie. It's so good, though, just because it also... It also happens so quick. It's it's built up very quickly and it's fired off and just you don't have time to think about it. It's like either it works or it doesn't. Like you're kind of hanging onto your seat waiting to see what happens, you know? Yeah, and they even show Beerus. Uh, he, he lets out a shriek like he's, you know, f- afraid of the blast and stuff too. So, it, I mean, you, you imagine it's probably not going to end there, but at the same time, it leaves the audience questioning. Is it? Did it work? Did it work? I mean, that move almost worked on Cell, so <laughs> that's <some> true. Credit. <laughs> but then I think, like you were saying, we get to the, I guess what they would dub the destruction ball or destruction orb. Yeah, so there's a big old super destruction orb attack that's launched uh, at Goku at the Earth, so Goku has no choice but to try and block it, I believe, just like in the series. Yeah, yeah, the the series does this pretty similarly. I think we get a scene with Goku trying to keep it from hitting the Earth, and he's he drops out of Super Saiyan, and this scene that I really like where the music cuts, the sound cuts out, and we just get a shot of Goku uh, kind of internalizing things, and he sees, the the first thing that he sees that he visualizes is Chi-Chi, and Chi-Chi calling out to him. And then he sees the rest of his friends calling out to him. And then he draws on this pretty much literal inner fire and finds the Super Saiyan God power one more time to save all of them and dissipate this destruction ball. It's super well done. I really, really love the way they did it. It is really well done. And I'm also glad that they only did this once in the movie. Because <laughs> it actually it actually meant a lot. And... Because I had seen the series before I watched the movie, I was waiting for this to happen two or three more times. So I was kind of like, all right, well, let's let's keep doing this. We got a couple more. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I think you, I mean, you make a great point that mostly it's just the pacing and, and the fact that they just repeat elements in the anime. And it's like, man, if they, they could have cut it all down. Just like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's crazy because all of the the criticisms, or most of the criticisms I had of the series, so far the movie's fixed almost every single one of them. It's just, it's, it's I guess, the Dragon Ball I wanted. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm really yeah. happy with it up till this point. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, 
Let's see. So from there, we basically get Goku, you know, stopped the blast. He's still up, but is basically back in his normal form and out of power. And Beerus, before going to destroy Goku, asks him to give up. And Goku does. Which is crazy. Like That felt weird to me. I didn't... Goku's the, you know, I'll never give up. I'll never let you destroy my planet sort of thing. And then and then Beerus says, all right, well, give up. And Goku's like, I do. I give up. But he's like, I, but I've given everything. I have nothing left to give at this point, I think is more or less what he says. So you kind of get it. But it's also, those are strange words to hear come out of that man's mouth. It is strange. Uh, and, well... I'll give you my take. Did you did you feel like it was out of character at all, or did you feel like it was appropriate in this moment for Goku to give up? Out of character. I don't know because I don't think Goku ever viewed Beerus as a evil person, if that makes sense. Yeah. Or somebody who was beyond redemption or something like that. I, I think Goku has a habit of being able to connect through fighting with people. And I think... You know, after having a long dialogue with Beerus, I think he kind of understood him. Yeah, and that uh, that's actually a really good point. Uh, I, for my point of view, I mean, this is, as far as I can remember, one of the only times Goku ever admits defeat. But I think I agree with you. I think that by giving up, Goku is not only hoping that he can appease Beerus and save the planet, but I think he's also kind of like you said, he's also trying to connect with Beerus in that way. And uh, I mean, Beerus is certainly stronger than Goku and obviously likes being, you know, one of the strongest <laughs> beings out there. So Goku's kind of catering to that ego a little bit by doing this, which is surprisingly smart for him. And Beerus is something completely different than anything else Goku had encountered. Beerus is a god. And I think Goku knew that he probably couldn't beat a god but he wanted to try to beat a god i think he probably <laughs> knew deep down inside of him somewhere that he probably wasn't going to win that fight when he fought him on you know king kai's planet and i think he probably thought it was probably a pretty far lost cause even now but just i think after i think after that long fight and also watching him because we find out that goku was kind of chilling out in the background during Bulma's party for a little bit, kind of watching things. Um, and I believe in the series that it happens that way too. Right. But I think if, if Goku was watching, he saw how Beerus didn't kill any of the other Z fighters. He didn't, you know, he treated Gotenks like a kid and all this other stuff. There's a lot of self-control on that God of Destruction character that you wouldn't expect, especially if the God of Destruction is supposedly evil. I don't think Goku saw any of that. Yeah, and that's a good point. And we, I mean, we skipped over it a little bit, but Beerus goes and engages with the party. Like he's he's mingling with the people. He's eating food with them. There's one point where he's dancing with them and stuff. So, I mean, Goku got to see a lot of that and got to see Beerus just, you know, enjoying himself at the party. So that, I think you make a good point there too. Also, I just remembered uh, Goku did give up once. Which one? Uh, against Cell. Ah, that's a good point, actually. I now, just remembered it. I I don't know what to think about it, but that's the second time Goku's given up against, I guess, kind of unbeatable odds. 
Yeah. And I mean, sell is, there's a lot that goes into that. I'm glad that you brought that up though, because that's a, kind of a, a good comparison where Goku gave up against Cell partly because he wanted to push Gohan to the forefront and partly because Goku thought that he wasn't strong enough to beat Cell. Um, but he had, you know, other things in mind for that. Yeah, there was a backup plan. He wasn't just tapping out and letting the planet blow up. He was letting his son fight a full power cell for some reason. <laughs> Here, cell, have a sense of <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, there was a lot more going on there. If if that fight between Cell and Goku had just been Cell and Goku and there was no Gohan involved, I don't think we would have seen Goku give up, at least not the way that he did. No. No, I I yeah, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I don't think Goku would have given up against Cell if there wasn't a plan B. Right. I don't think there was a plan B against Beerus. So I'm just going to go with my gut and just assume that after watching Beerus, talking with Beerus, and fighting with Beerus, Goku had a good understanding of what he was up against. And I think it was uh, Beerus just wanted basically to be worshipped and respect sort of thing, and Goku was appealing to his ego. Yeah, I, honestly, I think that that was Goku's plan B. I think that Goku, if he couldn't beat Beerus, was going to try to befriend Beerus or, like you said, cater to his ego. So, And let's be real, Goku was going to fight him no matter what, because that's just fun. So, <laughs> I mean, we get that straight from the beginning of the movie. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I think from there, uh, we basically get... Beerus, Whis, and Goku all kind of returning down to the Earth. Uh, the Z fighters are waiting for them. And... Did you notice how quickly they were just giving us information about the universe and stuff like that at around this time? I'm not sure what you're talking about. What do you mean? Uh, I believe, I don't know if it's right when they touch down to Earth or if it's right before they go down, but... All at once, uh, Beerus just mentions how Whis is his teacher and how there's 12 other universes and just there's this just information dump at the end of it and stuff that we kind of got slow dripped like over several episodes in, in the series. And they just tell us it all right there, right then and there. It's like, here's all this information. I was like, holy crap. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like this. <laughs> you know, that's funny. I... And because I already know all of this information, I almost overlooked that. Um, there's a part of me that thinks that they shouldn't do just a big exposition dump in one go like that. But I could also see your point where you'd rather it just, you know, them get it out of the way than kind of slowly draw it out like they do in the anime. Well, I so that information, it's it's it is very broad information. It's there are twelve universes. Like we already know that there are gods. And now we know that there are 12 other universes and we know that Whis is Beerus's teacher. Those are all big points, but there's still a lot of granularity that can still kind of, you know, fall through there. We still don't know what, you know, what are the gods of destruction like with the other universes? What are their fighters like? What, who's Whis's teacher? Where does he come from? There's still a lot of questions that remain unanswered, but it does give you, I like it when they give you big tidbits like that because it lets you chew on something for a little while and... I like I like being able to read, I guess, community theories and stuff like that and really think about stuff in my spare time because it gives me a lot to think about. Yeah, and, and you make a good point. I, I would almost guarantee that after this movie came out and people saw that sequence of Weiss giving that information or Beerus, I think, maybe giving that information, 
I bet there the community online probably blew up with theories about which universe is what, what are the other gods, blah, 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 blah. So I was like probably really fun. Stuff. Yeah. So I was really happy with that. And like I said, I until I talked to you, I didn't realize that the movie came out before the series. So <laughs> I thought they were just at when I first watched, I was like, oh, they're just quit covering this stuff because it's already in the series. Okay, cool. Like, like we don't need to spend all that time on it because we've, we've all already seen this, right? <laughs> if only it were that way. <laughs> if, if the movie would have come out after the show, I would have been like, man, they really improved on that content. But uh, fortunately, it went the other way. <laughs> I think Dragon Ball should just move to a movie-only formula and just all the movies should be like battle or like this movie <laughs> i mean since battle of the gods and after watching all of dragon ball super there's a part of me that really wants to agree with you <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so we're near the end so let's wrap this up i i bursting at the seams with my opinions about this oh yeah absolutely so uh, the we get beerus Whis, and goku coming back to the earth uh beerus is i mean has a little exchange with balma and a few of the other people and beerus gets ready to destroy the earth and then blows up a little rock. <laughs> so what do you think about that? Do you like it better than the series? Yeah, it's a good question. So in the series, we get, we got Beerus falling asleep or as we kind of assume, pretending to fall asleep. And here he blows up a rock and says, well, I destroyed the earth, just part of it. Um, it... I think you and I talked about this just briefly off the podcast where it feels fun. It feels playful. It feels in line with Beerus's character. Um, I mean, really in, in both the anime and in the movie, Beerus is basically doing something kind of silly to get around his promise of destroying the earth. Uh, so I, I think I enjoyed it. I, I would maybe say I like it a little bit better than what they did in the anime. I think I'm in that boat. I liked it a little bit better than the anime, partly because it was, I guess, just a little bit more believable and just would tie things up a little bit more neatly than the, you know, well, I faked I was asleep and, you know, well, technically you still have that promise and you might come back or, and I don't know. There's, it makes things a little bit I don't know, I guess complicated, but I guess it doesn't matter. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, they in both ways, they basically make Beerus playful, but he doesn't want to destroy Earth. Um, I mean, part of that has to do with the food and probably Goku being a Super Saiyan God and whatnot. But... <laughs> That's true. You know, I had a. Uh, I watched this movie. Gosh, after rewatching the the series, what we watched it within the last couple of weeks before we had watched this movie, I would say. Right. And with ha I'm glad we did because having the series fresh in my head before watching this movie, all the things that the series did either better or worse were fresh in my head while watching this. And so I was th I was waiting for that big sleep bomb thing to happen and go flying off into space and then when he shot the rock I laughed a little bit because I was expecting the same thing like it kept catching me off guard yeah yeah that's good I mean it I guess it's good that they changed things enough where you can have a slightly different experience watching the movie and watching the anime you can um, choose your own canon <laughs> yeah absolutely and I know some people talk about because uh 
in the movie, Beerus, there's a comment about Beerus using 70% of his power, but I don't think that they give us any sort of indication as to how much of his power he uses in the anime. So we don't really have like a barometer for how powerful Beerus is necessarily <laughs> in the anime. Well, if if the movie is at all accurate as to how much power he actually used, Goku has to be dang near as strong as him like as the series goes on because Goku gets a lot stronger as the series continues forward. So the fact that Beerus already had to use 70% of it right off the bat was kind of a, a shocker to me. Right, which is why I think in the anime they make it more ambiguous because, I mean, gosh, like Kaioken, Super Saiyan Blue Goku could be as strong or stronger than Beerus, let alone Ultra Instinct, Mastered Ultra Instinct. Yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack there, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a whole lot. Um, uh, there are a couple little points as the, the movie wraps up here that I kind of thought were fun and wanted to touch on briefly. Um, I... Just a little note about I liked uh, Beerus calling Balma Mrs. Vegeta. That just kind of made me laugh. Um, uh, I like how the movie started out with uh, the Kai speaking on a planet. And even though it wasn't the last scene, it was one of the last scenes we have the Kai speaking again on a planet. I really like that full circle. That's a good point. I, I didn't put it that way in my notes, but I did want to talk about how the movie feels really well self-contained and tied together. Like you get this really good story and by the end of it, you get even like this little, I don't know, almost like a moral lesson about how they, cause the Kai's are talking about how Goku makes allies across the universe. But then I think the elder Kai points out that it's not even just Goku that changes people it's the earth that changes people because Goku came to the earth uh, and he was supposed to, you know, take it over and whatnot. And he, he changed completely. Vegeta came to the earth and was there to get the dragon balls and was going to destroy the earth. And now he lives there with a family and friends. Um, so we, we kind of get this like little moral nugget at the end that really encompasses what dragon ball is. And I really liked that a lot. It felt like a, an overarching theme that you would have seen in original Dragon Ball or something like that. Just kind of a, uh, I guess, an age-old lesson that's kind of being taught as the as the show goes on, which I really liked. I thought it was, eh, I thought it was cute. Yeah, I thought that was fun. There's a couple little fun scenes with Beerus eating a whole chunk of wasabi in the end. Yes. <laughs> um, th- there's a just a quick shot of Trunks and Mai hanging out in a tree, which weird. Uh, a little weird. <laughs> uh, the towards the end, we get in the background, we get the Chala Head Chala opening uh, song playing in like a, a instrumental version of it, um, kind of the original Japanese opening, which I really really liked. Uh, and then the very tail end, it wraps up the movie with. Goku saying that, uh, well, if we ever need Vegeta to beat somebody, we'll just have them slap Bulma. (laughs) And then we get Bulma slapping Goku and Vegeta telling Bulma to slap Goku. (laughs) Uh, That that comment at the end, I was I was dying. I did not expect it. (laughs) Like what a 
perfect way to end this movie. It's just <laughs> very good Dragon Ball humor, very good characterization between Balma, Vegeta, and Goku. I loved it. Oh, just the the dialogue was great. The back and forth between the characters was really good. Just I loved I loved all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that I mean that brings us to the tail end of the movie. Uh, did you, Dayton, have any other thoughts about the movie itself or how the movie compares to the anime? I think that this movie in almost every aspect is a just better version than the anime. I liked everything about it. Yeah, I I'm honestly having a hard time thinking of anything that I didn't really like about it. I mean, I know we're both not really big fans of the Pilaf gang, but I suppose if I could come up with a couple criticisms off the top of my head, the fast pacing isn't necessarily always good. Sometimes you want to slow things down a little bit and see what the characters are thinking or have a little bit more dialogue or make them seem a little bit more human with a little bit more interaction. And when you've only gotten an hour and a half to to get all of this across, because like you said, we're this is brand new Dragon Ball content. So not only are we um, trying to bring in all the old characters, we have to introduce new characters and we have to establish where the storyline is going there's a lot going on here and it's all jam-packed into a very very small package yeah yeah and that's a good point i i think it's hard for me to even notice that because i like the pacing in the movie so much more than i like it in the anime um there is an element that like we talked about briefly where you know some of the downtime we're we're missing out on that and some of that that could be a bummer but man, the pacing just feels so good. Like I feel engaged the entire time I'm watching this movie and I, I want to get to the next part and watch the whole thing. And every bit of the animation was beautiful. I can't recall anything I disliked. Yeah. I think you kind of hit it. The, the nail on the head when you were talking about how some of the punches just felt weighty. I think when I was watching the fight scenes, I kept watching to see if there was anything about the fight scenes that I didn't like. And really every, every hit felt like it had weight. Every hit felt like it had purpose. I, there was almost nothing in the fight choreography that I did not like outside of, except for maybe, and we didn't really touch on this, but there's a couple of scenes where they use CG animation. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's popular. So I'm, I'll forgive it because they used it very minimally. So, right. <laughs> but I did notice it and it already doesn't look too great and it's not going to age very well. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, at this point, the movie is already about eight years old and boy, that CG animation looks it. It's, it's rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely have a, just a, a small note on that, but I, eh, the movie's so good. I, I just kind of looked over and it was, just I saw the the CG stuff and I was like, you know what? I don't care. I, th- I'm having so much fun that I don't even care that there are some buildings in the background or a mountain sliding. I believe all those things were CG and it was just it's not enough to make me not want to watch it. Right. I agree. The I mean, the worst part of it was, I think, the scene where it has Goku and Beerus as like full CG. And that kind of pulled me out of it a little bit. But it's yeah. seriously like 10 seconds, maybe. Well, and when I was watching uh, Dragon Ball uh, Super, the the series, there are a lot of reused fight sequences or different yeah. animations. And in some episodes, they're reused 
two, three, four times in the same episode. And it's like, all right, this person gets hit. They fly back like that. Oh, we're going to talk. Oh, we're going to do it again. And it's like, all right, well, you know, this is, I'm bored. <laughs> I, yeah. I was not bored in this movie. So it's this thing's I, I give it a damn near 10 out of 10. Yeah, I gosh, I would be close to that, too. I'd, I'd probably give it a, a nine. Um, it's It's real good. I might even give it a 10 because I'm I'm having a hard time thinking of anything bad about it. It's very, very good. I'm in the same boat, but I reserve the 10 for the one where I see it. I'm like, yeah, that's a 10. Like, I, I have to feel it deep down in my cockles. <laughs> Always get that good cockle feeling. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the, well, and you haven't seen it yet, but I think one of the reasons why I might not give it a 10 is because, uh, that Broly movie. Oh <laughs> uh, I'm I'm excited to watch that one. It's real good. I think you'll be. <laughs> I think you'll be happy once we get to that. Good. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I think that wraps up our discussion here. Uh, I think we're both pretty pleased with this movie. Absolutely. And did you have anything, any final notes or words about the movie that you wanted to add, Dayton? I mean, I could probably keep gushing about it for another hour, but I, I think I can stop there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't tempt me. You know I'll keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Well, we were taking notes the other day, and I sent you a clip from the movie, and then we both sat there for about 10 minutes just re-watching the fight sequence. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good it is. Even eight years after the release of this movie, we were still both blown away. I mean, Dayton's first time watching it, but I've watched this movie probably almost a dozen times at this point, and I still absolutely love it. So, for those <laughs> yeah. of you who haven't seen it, well, you've been completely spoiled at this point if you haven't seen it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if you if you've only seen Super, do yourself a favor and watch the movie. It just everything is so wrapped up nicely, and it's so it's so pretty. Yeah. Absolutely. With that, I think we're going to wrap up this episode. So thank you for joining us on this episode of Instant Transmission. Hopefully you've enjoyed our thoughts and discussions about the Battle of Gods movie. Uh, be sure to join us next time as we transition back over to the Dragon Ball Super anime to cover the Golden Frieza arc. So everybody stay safe out there. And remember to keep rocking the dragon. <laughs>